Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to This is Orlando with Rob Cole. again everybody and welcome to what is the eighth episode of the this is orlando podcast and uh, i want to start off by thanking um our sound guy extraordinaire carlos here for uh taking some time out of his schedule to come on down to my new digs in downtown orlando uh to help us record this eighth episode um many of you know i've recently moved my office to the orlando game space downtown and uh, if you've been following the blog, you'll see, uh, you know, a little bit about what's going on there. We still got a ton of work to get everything up and running, but um, we're kind of starting slowly but surely to get things in order. Um, my office is up and running, which uh, I'm real happy about. I'm actually taking meetings here uh, out of my office. So um, uh, if uh, you're interested in uh, connecting with me, you can contact me through the website, which is robcobel.org. Or find me, uh, uh, find me on social media as well, where I'm very visible there. So I'm excited today to uh, be able to uh, welcome David Glass, who's the founder and producer of Orlando IX, amongst many other things that he does here in the Orlando community. And uh, David, welcome, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. And um, you've... Uh, You've just uh, had to make the short walk from Pine Street to get over here today, right? So, I love it. I love that you're you're my new neighbor. I know. It's so cool to... Five minutes, I'm over here. It's just really cool to be down here and to be like right in the in the heart. Um, I had a lunch uh, date yesterday and, you know, both of us walked across the street to go to the cafe over there in uh, the, the park there at Lake Eola. And um, yeah, it was pretty cool. So... So before before we start talking about Orlando and everything that you're involved in and what's going on and everything, um, dude, you're getting married here pretty soon, man. Yeah, I'm a month away. Oh Got my the marriage license uh, on Monday. I saw I saw the picture. <laughs> uh, so it's happening. Picture. Yeah, <laughs> you go down to Seminole uh, County Clerk of the Court and you raise your right hand and you're you're it's it's happening. Yeah. Well, we got a little. Speaking of, that was my wife calling on the other line there. But um, so I have, you know, I never got cold feet. I never regretted still to this day and almost 25 years of marriage, uh, regretted getting married or anything. But the day of my wedding, man, I was a wreck. And isn't that supposed to be like the bride supposed to be like all, you know, crazy and everything? Uh I, no comment on my bride, but uh, I think I'm going to be man. cool, calm, and collected. You know, I'm just ready, uh, you know, ready to, to we, you know, we've been dating for over three years. She's the right person. You just, you know, we're ready to just, we're kind of ready to just get it over with. Cause yeah, you plan right. and plan and plan. And uh, I proposed to her last November and we're getting married in November. So it's been okay. a one year process. And so. Um, I think she's more worried about like the little things like changing her last name and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I'll tell you this. Um, it's been really great to have someone to add balance to the life. You know, before I met uh, my fiance, future wife, uh, Shalise, um, it was work, 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 work. And, yeah. you know, you start to feel miserable and kind of lonely and like, and you, 
then you meet someone and you're spending time and you're planning, you know, you're planning stuff and um, doing stuff with family and, you know, taking vacations and things like that. And I think, you know, this last couple of years has been amazing. And, you know, I, I'm fortunate to find someone that's been very, very supportive of, of the business and what I do um, and is there to help. Yeah. Uh, that's hard to, that's a hard combination to find. Yeah. She's actually volunteered at like the last few IXs. I've uh, actually gotten my t-shirt from her. She loves selling t-shirts, <laughs> those soft t-shirts. She's good at it. She's good at it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So November 10th is the date and, um, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're excited about it and we've got a, you know, some honeymoon plans after that. And did I, did I hear that, uh, Mayor Dyer is uh, proclaiming it, uh, David Glass Day on November 10th or something I, like that? I think so. Yeah. yeah I think great. that would, that would be cool. So. <laughs> now is, is she involved in the tech world at all? Uh, she's, a, she's more in the hospitality side. Okay. So hospitality training, yeah. um, her company, um, uh, handles the material that, uh, uh, hotels, use uh to train employees particularly smaller uh groups um so she's been doing that for uh, over 15 years um and before that she had been um uh, also on the hospitality industry on the event side yeah i got you Um, oh that's cool so that's gotta help yeah so being um, able to have a sounding board at the very least you know somebody to kind of bounce ideas off of absolutely so um she's always there uh when i need her and um just great to have her be supportive of my uh you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you do crazy things, you yeah, want to try right. stuff, and she's got the stable, you know, eight to five job, so. Well, congratulations, man. That's, uh, I'm really Thank happy you. for you, and um, I'm glad you brought up the balance thing, because that, I think, is really important in life in general. <clears throat> we all are really passionate about what we do, um, you know, I, I often say to you like when do you sleep you know because you're at your machine at seven in the morning and you're there late at night constantly out and about shaking hands meeting people talking about the tech scene and everything but I think having that balance you know really kind of makes it all worthwhile if you don't have that balance well let me just say it this way having a balance in your life and having a personal life makes you a lot better at the job that you do absolutely yeah so yeah. well what's so what's going on right now in Orlando, man? What are you up to right now? Um, you know, we're we're planning for next year's Orlando IX, so it's the normal round of asking people for funds for next year. Uh so we're in the uh the early stages of of planning the next IX. Uh there's also some additional programming that we'd like to add to kind of supplement what we do, not just have an annual two or three day program, but have some ongoing stuff throughout the year. So those are some things that we're working on and hopefully we'll announce, you know, before the end of the year or beginning at beginning yeah. of next year. Um, but really all planning for, for 2018. Yeah. I think that's great. Um, having kind of more of uh, keeping that brand alive throughout the year instead of just that one, once a year type thing. I know you've done some, um, like digital conferences, I can't remember what they were called, but uh, we've done um, the I Summit. We're yeah. looking to to possibly bring that back in 2018. We've done uh, every other year the Digital Orlando Summit, which is our local level program to get leaders in Orlando's digital industry together, as opposed to IX um, or I Summit or some of the other program we've done is more industry, so anybody can come to those. Yeah. Um, so we feel it's really important to bring local level leadership together to talk about the issues that we have here. Yeah. Um, so we're planning that for next springtime. And we do have some issues, don't we? We, we yeah, <laughs> not, 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 nothing's perfect. Yeah. Um, 
what are the biggest struggles that you face right now in putting on events like this and evangelizing for um, not just gaming, but tech and, and all interactive media? Um, I, I would say, and, I, and I've say, stated this publicly before, I think the level of local support that we get um, not just us, but other other uh, affinity groups and associations. Um, uh, in terms of financial support, it's it's been it's been tough to come by. Yeah. Um. I you know I've said that what happens at in Tallahassee at the state level trickles down to the local level, and so we don't have any incentives uh, for the gaming or digital media industry um, or film. Um, you know, there's no state marketing money for our industry at all. Um, and so that's trickled down, I think, to the local level where we're not seeing as much support um, there either. So when you're on the side that I'm on, which is trying to market the region, develop pipeline, educate people, really bring the industry together, is a bit, it's a bit more challenging when you don't have as much um, local level support and you need that. Um, if you think about any other tech hub anywhere in the country, from Miami to Atlanta to Austin to Seattle, and you look at the balance of local level support, bring, being able to bring national brands in, particularly with programming, um, and having that community support, I think is very, very important. I think we're missing, um, we just don't have it. Now, it doesn't mean that there hasn't been any. Yeah. Um, you know, the first Orlando IX, we would not have been able to do it without the support of Mayor Teresa Jacobs and uh, uh, Orange County. Uh, Mayor Buddy Dyer was very, very supportive. They supported us with some funds um, and other things that we needed uh, in the first year. Uh, but as we've gone in the second, third, and now fourth year, um, we're just not seeing the same level of commitment. People love us. Uh, they like what we're doing. We've had some some really great outcomes, but um, it's just been tough to get, you know, to sustain local level support. So I'd yeah. say that's a big gap here. Yeah. Every, you know, I've been involved in the community for what, about 13 years now and probably more actively in the last five. And it seems like there's so much stuff going on here, but everything is done at a grassroots level. You know what I mean? So yeah, you don't have a lot of money to support a lot of the events that are being put on. Do you think that because of that, that like everybody's got their own passion and things, are, it's getting so diluted that people don't know what they should attend, what they, they might want to attend. And that's, you know, there's only so much money that they can spend to go to events and stuff like that, you know? So how do they pick? Well, I, I can speak to OIX. I don't think we have, we're not really competing with much. Um, when you compare the number or the level of programming in Orlando versus, let's say, on Miami or Atlanta, we have a lot less to choose from. Um, you might go, or if you think even about Seattle or San Francisco, where there's literally events every day. Yeah. You know, um, I think people look forward to Orlando X being that annual program. Um, so I don't see a lot of competition in terms of large-scale programming here in the market. Um I don't see a lot of competition either in the smaller stuff. We have really two groups um, that I'll give a plug for, and I know you've, you've plugged as well, um, Orlando VR. That's another, um, like, three guys that run it. Yeah. Uh, Nick Pettit, uh, Richard Terrell, and there's one other gentleman, and they rotate running that meetup, and I think they've done a formidable job. And then Indianomicon. So those are sort of the two, I think, 
affinity groups locally outside of us that are doing um, some local level programming. And I think they run into the same issues that we do uh, in finding that support um, because they're running off grassroots volunteer uh, basis. We do this full time. This is my full time job. Sure. Um, which which obviously makes a difference too and and that's always been kind of a uh, a frustrating thing for me too because when you have all these great things happening but they're all being done on a volunteer basis a lot of times things get uh left off the table or pushed to the side because you know your real responsibilities are are obviously going to come first you know you're going to have to take care of your you know the job that's paying the bills and everything before you can get around to that and I often wonder what we'd be able to do if we had some some way to kind of unite all these things under one umbrella, you know, and did get some funding to help grow and promote the market. Um, you know, keeping a lot of these, we, we got what, a, a million college students within a hundred mile radius of here. And how many of them are actually staying in the market, you know? Yeah, a lot of them are, are unfortunately leaving. Um, you know, the running joke uh, is that we're educating Georgia's workforce, mm-hmm. you know, with the incentives that they're offering there, particularly in the digital media, film, and gaming space. We're losing a lot of students to, to Georgia right now. Of course, we lose a lot to L.A. and Seattle as well. Um, you mentioned gaps, and I'll mention another issue I think that we have here locally is really... Uh, and, and this comes off of a recent visit that I had. and I've had quite a few visits recently to Atlanta, uh, but I was part of a conference there, and they had 11, uh, I believe it was about 11 VRAR companies that were showcasing projects that they had worked on. And I would say the average age of these companies was about three years old, three years or less, between roughly five and maybe 15 employees. Okay. Each of those uh, companies that I engaged with was averaging more than a million dollars a year in revenue. Wow. And they're working on large projects for companies like the Weather Channel and Porsche and Coca-Cola. We have some great talent here, and we have similar-sized groups uh, working on things, but they're not getting those big projects. Um, The number one issue you'll find here when you talk to people with early-stage companies is they're going to say, well, early-stage capital access the digital media industry the gaming the arv arv sort of side of things they're not necessarily looking for capital investment their form of investment is finding projects to work on and they're just not getting those hundred thousand dollar two hundred thousand dollar half million dollar projects to work on they're working on a ten thousand dollar project or twenty thousand that's not going to get these these guys growing here i think there's a big gap of taking that really early stage, you know, one or two person project and turning that into a sustainable company and brand that's going to grow. I think we've seen a, a struggle with that, um, not just in our industry, but across the board sure. and other things too. What sort of recommendations do you have for those companies? I mean, what could they be doing? What can we as a community be doing to support them as well? I think we're really, really in the state of Florida <laughs> doing a bad job of, um, I mean, there has been support from going from first to second stage, I'm talking about going from stage zero to stage one. Yeah, That's a big problem right there. And I think that's where the education comes in and having ongoing programming, workshops, something that folks that really want to come out, if they're coming out of UCF, Dave's school, uh, full sale, 
and they want to jump in and start their own business versus going to work for um, someone else, we need to give them the, 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 the tools and the resources that they need. I think some of that is, I think a big part of it is education. We don't have a statewide or even really a local level support organization that can do that. That's something I think between um, what you got, what's going on here at Indianomicon and the game space and what OIX is doing may be able to fill that gap, but it's certainly a big problem here that I see. Yeah. Um, um, and again, we don't see the support dollars coming back yet uh, to support that kind of initiative. It's interesting to me that Orlando has been talked about and written up in the same paragraph as cities like Austin and Seattle recently on like national blogs. And then I believe it was CNET that had the article that said Orlando is the number one city for gamers and the number two city for game developers. So for me as somebody that well, for you as an entrepreneur, you see that kind of stuff and you're like, okay, let's do something with this. You know, we know the infrastructure is there. Why is it that you think we're not getting the attention that we are looking for? Well, the article you mentioned referenced to activity. So there's no question we've got activity. Um, you know, that, that uh, group that put that research together and came up with those rankings looked at a lot of different areas. Uh, education was a very, very uh, big, uh, heavy weight. Because you weighted. mean like when you're saying education, you talk about like the university system. The university here. system here. Yeah. The you know we've got the top schools in the world for game design and game development. You know, full sales always at the top of the list. UCF's FIA program, the School of Visual Arts and Designs there. Dave School's always on the list. Um, so we've got the educational piece. We've had no problem getting people to start something. Yeah. Goes back to my earlier comment going from stage zero to stage one. Um, so the activities there, the programming, um, you know, we've got large scale events that come to town. Um, Microsoft was just here with their, their two conferences, their biggest conferences that they put on annually. So we have no problem in terms of the activity. I think our problem right now is just finding the ongoing local level stuff that we can do to help grow uh, from a grassroots standpoint, grow our companies here, grow yeah. our projects here. I don't, I, I, I think that, that you've got to get capital behind that, you know, just like you've got to get capital behind the things like OIX to be able to do the other things. Yeah. If you look at um, Austin without South by, what would Austin be? Be a music city? Would it be a real tech hub? Yeah. So the pipeline of what that what they've done um, is pretty remarkable over the last 20 plus years with digital media. We need to create sort of the same sort of, you know, stickiness that they have here. Um, but I think it all comes back to the, the support. And I don't I don't know where that comes from yet. Yeah. I know you're out there looking, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're all out there, you know, yeah. you know scratching you know trying to you know get what we can to, so we keep the lights on and yeah, keep things absolutely. going i want to go back you you mentioned you've been spending some time in atlanta and you're seeing like some cool things um that are starting to happen there and at the last ix i was um uh fortunate to get to meet a few of the guests uh that came in from atlanta and talked to them and it sounds like things are really uh 
a blaze up there right now. What kind of things are they doing that that is really making a difference? And can we start looking at some of those ideas and trying to bring them here? Uh, I, I definitely think incentives um, have he, have helped immensely there. They are number one right now in the world in terms of feature film development uh, there. And there's your anchor point right there for digital media. So you think about feature film production and the the type of talent, the people you need, visual effects. That's spilled over into the gaming AR, VR space. Uh, So I think it starts with having incentives. Um, Your state and local, local economic development groups there have been pouring money into uh, support organizations and programming. So if you look at all the conferences that are going on there, you'll see the little Georgia Peach logo. So yeah. they're getting uh, support there. And I think that's fuel growth. Um, there are a number of different accelerator programs from large corporations, such as Cox. Comcast opened up, I think it's called the Comcast Farm up there, where the uh, up in uh, Marietta, where the new uh, Atlanta Brave Stadium is it, it is. So you're seeing a combination of support at the top, but then um, the local level support in terms of supporting incubation and acceleration. There's a number of funds there. Um, I don't think they have, they're not quite there on the educational piece yet. They don't have a full sale. They don't have a Dave school, but they are investing. Georgia Tech has added programming. Yeah. Kennesaw State um, and Georgia State University recently added, opened a, $25 million creative media institute. And so they have game development programming there as well. And then SCAD has uh, expanded and they've got a campus in Atlanta. So you're seeing at all levels from top to bottom. Um, they also have a very robust uh, game development. The Georgia Game Developers Association puts on a, ongoing programming and they participate and collaborate with these other groups. So you see it all up and down yeah um i like that idea and that's something that um i've been talking to the game space about um you know uh, i love indianomicon and everything that they've been doing and the fact that they've been going for four years and you know drawing the the crowds and everything that they do is remarkable at the same time i think that there's a market out there that we could appeal uh that or let me back up Indianomicon seems to really appeal more to the hobbyist or the game player. And I think that we're neglecting the game development community. And I really want to see the game space cater to that market a little bit more, you know, so that we're offering those educational things, bringing in guest speakers, bringing in workshops and, and, you know, different things like that so that these people can really educate themselves and become better at their craft and therefore become more marketable. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've been missing, and I think this facility here is going to help provide the space and hopefully the mentoring and the access that some yeah. of these groups um, that might be starting out. I mean, you got we're going back a few weeks. You just had the Indie Galactic Space Jam. Yeah. You know, out of, I don't know how many projects came out of that, but let's just say it's 15. Maybe one or two of those at the top can be an actual company. Yeah. Um, and that actually happened at the Global Game Jam, you know, yeah. where, where a group got together and um, they found some chemistry and actually um, has been talked a lot about amongst the local game community with the game. I believe it was called Tiptoe or something like that. Yeah. So we have these programs like the Global Game Jam or we have the Indie Galactic Space Jam. You have a project that's developed with a team of, of individuals. 
And then what do you do after the game jam? How do you keep that alive? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it might be it's, you know, having a space like like the game space that could take that project in and sort of, you know, get it to the next level. Um, so... The other thing that I really want to tie uh, back into the game space is, is not only the professional developers, but, um, you know, to provide a space for the schools to help continue the growth of their graduates. Right. Okay. In the form of internships, working with other studios or, yeah, providing a space where, um, you know, if, if a school, if a team builds a game or does a project and they finish school and they still need to continue working on that, you know, there's got to be a place for them to go. Or one thing, because you're in the career side of things, is just talent pipeline. Can making that point of contact from a full sale to, to the game space could lead to some talent pipeline moving through. And that's another problem we've had is outside of it, you know, EA and some of the larger simulation companies here, we've had problems placing talent locally. Yeah. I think people may not have those relationships, but if you have a point where, you know, this space might be able to hold 25, maybe 30 individual, you know, small firms, those firms as they grow are going to need talent to continue to grow. Well, and what you say is true because I, you know, I have relationships with the universities and a lot of the students that are going to those universities are at least access to find those people. And all of these schools locally, you know, Full Sail, Dave, UCF, everybody has career development or they have some sort of pipeline to communicate with the industry that's out there. So if a local industry is looking for talent and they're not taking advantage of building relationships with those schools or with other people like myself that has access to that, we can help point those people out. And absolutely, that's what I would love to see here. I would love to be able to have, um, you know, somebody from Lockheed, you know, start a new project and need to ramp up their artists and their programmers and their social media people and their audio guys and stuff like that and just say, let's call Rob at the game space or let's, you know, call Kunal or let's get a hold of David and find out who he's talking to, you know. So I, I think that we can get to that. But yeah, right now, sometimes it seems like um, one step forward, two steps back at times, you know? Kinda, yeah. Yeah. It just kind of gets um, trying to find those vehicles to really promote the things that we're doing and get the people to come out. The local community is very supportive. And I got to tell you a story, man. Um, a friend of mine that I used to work with in the music business, um, his son just started at UCF this last semester. And um, I'm talking about you, Zach, if you're listening. So I had met him when he was like, you know, maybe two, three years old. And I hadn't, you know, spoken to him since. And he came to town and he looked me up and he said, you know, let's let's grab lunch or something. I'm awesome. So he came out here. And the first question I asked him was, how do you like Orlando? And he looked at me. And he goes, man, I absolutely love it here. This is a community that is thriving and it's it's just amazing. And then he stopped and he looked at me and he goes, to be honest with you, I didn't want to move here. They, he, he grew up down in uh, Hollywood, Florida, you know, down by Fort Lauderdale. So this was his first time coming up to Orlando, but UCF had what he was looking for and all that kind of stuff. 
So he said, yeah, you know, to be honest with you, I didn't want to come here, man, because, you know, all I thought about was Disney World and Disney World and tourism. Yeah, and people don't even know we have a downtown. We yeah. have tall buildings and we have, yeah. you know, we have commuter rail and we have, you know, uh, great, you know, spaces, you know, restaurants and Park Avenue and Winter Park. I mean, just some great places. We're like any other, you know, metro area that, you yeah. know, you know. We have the same things South Florida has and Tampa and Atlanta. A lot of those same things are here. But you're right. We have that perception of we're this touristy Disney universal town. And then you come over to, to and see all the things that are going on, all the development. And there's no question that over the past, you know, 20 plus years, Orlando has gone from this sleepy town with just the theme parks to a very, very you know, robust, uh, you know, really serious business center. Um, the amount of investment in our transportation, the amount of private investment, what they're doing at Lake Nona Medical City. You know, UCF is the second largest university in the entire country with over 66,000 students. He actually told me it's first now that if you talk uh, on-campus students, they're on campus, first. Yeah, first, but okay. he said like ASU is because they have such a large online enrollment there that UCF actually drops to number two if you count okay. everything. Yeah. So I mean, um, you know, great weather. You've got sports here. You know, professional and collegiate sports. Um, you have a very, you know, once you start dialing to the community here, it's very much an open arms, yeah. you know, place to be. You know, people want to help each other. You can't say that about you know the you know the San Francisco's and the Los Angeles's of the world. I'm not being negative, but. You're one in a you're one in a hundred thousand. Here you might be one in five thousand. Yeah. So it's very easy to dial in. Barriers to entry are low. You can meet with pretty much just about anybody that you want to. Very easy to meet with me or you. You're not gonna find that in every community. Good point. Yeah, that's an excellent point. I used to use that analogy in music where I always thought Austin was so welcoming and they loved watching one of their own succeed, you know? So if uh, like when Stevie Ray and the Thunderbirds like blew up big out of Austin, the entire community embraced that, those bands. Right. But like you'd watch a band break out of LA or something like that. And the rest of the music community in LA would be like, Oh, they sold out They're, you know, they're posers, whatever, you know? So it was like that community just had a completely different vibe and it was a, you know, hey, I need some help with this. Well, what's in it for me? What have you done for me lately? You know, that kind of attitude. Whereas here... It's definitely you know, more of a give back. You, you know, I want to help. And, you. If somebody's yeah. been successful, even if they, they're they still in the trenches, because we have a lot of people that are still in the trenches, but they still want to help yeah. other people out. You know, if there's advice or if they can say, I've done, you know, been, you know, done that, didn't work. Yeah. You do have those kind of people, um, but definitely a much more open, open arms community i think um, the the benevolence and the the willingness to give back and the community involvement is what's really impressive yeah we've had no problem over the first uh three orlando ix events getting game developers and ceos of small companies to come out and just talk about mistakes and lessons learned and here's best practices and things like that um so they you know that's their form of giving back and yeah. then you see after somebody gets off stage, a huddle around someone to say, yeah, can yeah. we exchange cards? And I'd like to hear, you know, that's the kind of community that we have here. Yeah. You know, speaking of um, going, let's talk a little bit more about IX. And I know that everything's kind of in the works right now. So there's not a lot that you can reveal. 
but maybe you could talk a little bit about some of the differences that you're looking to do with next year um, than what we encountered with the past year. Well, we got to get bigger. We need more space. Um, you know, uh, Full Sail has been a great partner for us for for three years, and 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 we're hoping for them for us to continue our relationship. Um, we had a challenge finding a venue um, to host our, our program in, and they were nice enough to say, "Why don't you guys bring it here?" Um, but their their space is a little was a little smaller, sure. and we 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 <clears throat> maxed it out. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I think we had a really a, a great program. Um, I think one of our best programs we've ever had. We had some great national speakers. Great national in. speakers, um, and the the presentation level that Full Sail brings in terms of production and. Top notch. Uh, it's it's top notch. Um, but we need a we need a bigger space. Uh, there's been more and more demand from developers that want to showcase their projects. We had to turn a lot of people away this year. We've turned people away the first two years, and that's when we had you know twenty five thirty thousand square feet of exhibit space. So uh, larger venue. Um, we want to have more diversification. Uh, we're not just a digital entertainment video games, uh, experiences. We want to bring other industries in. We've been talking to uh, the simulation groups here about getting more involved, bringing in healthcare, just other uh, applications that these technologies will work in. So nice. I think you'll see more uh, beyond just digital entertainment as something that we want to do. And of course, we'll have a, a larger venue. Um, we've learned in the first three years that people like workshops. Um, we've brought in Unreal and Unity and uh, Microsoft and brands, and then we've had um, breakout sessions, uh, as I mentioned earlier, with uh, folks that are in the industry, and people seem to like that, so we want to expand upon that um, at next year's IX. And then, as I mentioned also earlier, we'd like to do some of that over the course of the year yeah. as well. So Yeah, I think that would be awesome, and kind of having everything run simultaneously instead of the expo after the present the presenter series and everything you know being able to kind of mix you know have two or three full days where you could do a little of both or something like that might be good for a lot of visitors as well yeah we're also wanting uh one thing that we've heard in terms of feedback is we want we're hearing more people want to interact with some of the hardware providers we did have microsoft and hololens uh, they did a they did a great job. They had their over, booth, man. That thing was like, uh, you know, at least fifty people like during the lunch two, hour. Two man. hour wait. Uh, they really? maxed out the number of people that they could push through it. Wow. Um, but I think when you think of the brands that lead the industries, like the HTCs and the Samsungs and those types of folks, we want to bring them and get them connected. Um, I think that's another issue that we have here is trying to connect uh, some of the, the influential brands and the brands that lead on the hardware side with the development side. Yeah. Um, so we're working on having more of those providers um, exhibit with us and be part of our, our program. Nice. I know what I wanted to ask you, too. I, I was thinking about this earlier. Um, you attracted a few you know, investors down into the market recently. Like, I know Rob Vickery was here. State and that, Venture Partners. Yeah, there was a few others. So um, I know that's something that I hear. I'm not, my ear is not as close to the whole startup community and the raising money community um, uh, as it is in other places. But I hear that 
that's often a frustration for a lot of young entrepreneurs here in Orlando too, is there's not a lot of places to go to get funding. Is that, I mean, what, what are they saying? You know, I know Um, Rob had some great things to say about the community. Rob and we've had other investors. Um, we had another one, the co-founder of, uh, outpost capital, which is one of the larger firms. They actually have offices in China and San Francisco and I think Los Angeles, and uh, the founder of that firm, um, Ryan Wong, came out, uh, heard about us. Um, for him, it was just, I'm hearing there's a little bit of a buzz about what's going on in Orlando. He found out uh, about IX and said, I you know, would like to, if you can find you know, room for me, would, I'd love to come. So we, uh, we gave him a speaking slot, and then he stayed for the majority of the event to actually look at uh, the different projects. So over the past, awesome. few, past few years, we've had folks like that come out out of more of a curiosity of what's really going on here. And then they go back and the feedback is they're really pleasantly surprised at the quality levels of what's coming out all the way down to the folks that are graduating or working on projects at the, at the student, the university level. Um, so um, we've had no problem getting the investment capital folks to come here. Um, the other industries, I don't know what's going on because, like we said earlier, the number one thing is access to early stage financing, venture financing, and just getting people to come into the state. We're the complete opposite because we're in a targeted industry. We're going straight to where these people are, and they want to take a look at what's going on here. Um, whether those uh, projects are investable, that remains to be seen. Um but at least the connection point is being made because because yeah. some of these guys that are investors are also on the crater have been on the crater side, and so a lot of them just need you know can you get me an introduction to boom 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 over here yeah so a lot of those investment capital folks do have those types of connections and I think that's something that uh, that's one of the reasons why we put Orlando IX on is to establish out of market pipeline. Um, and it's not against some of the other groups in the state, but I don't think they do a very good job specific to our industry because it's a different animal. Yeah. You know, you can't compare digital media to biotech. Yeah. Or, you know, um, some of the typical startups that you have. It's a little bit different. I, to- I totally agree. I mean, that's even in working in education, you know, the the advice that you give students in recording arts is going to be different than what you give a game developer. And yeah. there's just two complete different worlds that these people live in. And sometimes, yeah, their paths cross and they meet and they collaborate and stuff like that. But still, I think, you know, getting out there, you have to kind of really better focus on the industry itself. You can't just create a, a template type process. No. Yeah. What's um what what's coming up here in Orlando, man? Um I know uh we've got ITSEC right around the corner and um I don't know how if, if you ever go out there, but speaking of the simulation business, it's their annual conference and it's held down at the convention center every year, uh the first week after Thanksgiving. And if students are listening, um, I believe it's Monday or Tuesday. They usually have a free student day where you can come out and walk the floor of the expo. And I mean, every single company that has any involvement in simulations, be it military or medical or whatever, 
is going to be represented on the floor. It's a ginormous conference, um, and everybody has a booth, and they do a lot of active recruiting and stuff. Um, might be good for us to get down there. Yeah, uh, ITSEC is certainly uh, the last big event. Um, I think most of the uh, other programming we've seen already take place this year. Uh, we are in the middle of Orlando Tech Week, so that's going on right now. I'm not sure when this podcast will go out, but yeah. uh, it's October 6th through... Let's uh, just say it was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. happening. Yeah. Um, so Tech Week is going on. Of course, you know, um, you know, we've got the monthly meetups there with uh, uh, both Indianomicon and Orlando VR. Um, yeah, and then you pretty much get into it, it sec, and then we start the clock all over again. Yeah, you know, for for January first with uh, uh, with hopefully we want to again add some more programming. Yeah. Um, I think a, a, another thing that um, we've been challenged by is just kind of hurting everybody together that works in this industry, and we need to do a better job of that. So one of the things that we will be looking to do is to collaborate with some of the other affinity groups um, to bring together as many game developers, as many po folks that want to work in this industry. Uh, one for networking, but also to showcase projects again throughout the year. I think it's always good for people to give feedback. Um, but we need to do a better job of rounding up um, our, our, our digital media community here. Yeah. Um, so um, if anybody's interested in, in learning more about Digital Orlando or some of the things that we have in the works for IX, over uh for next year get in touch with me yeah that's awesome how do people get in touch with you what's the best way through it's really the easy you know email is good it's david at orlando ix you know i i see every email that comes through um so reach out to me there um and um you know uh, uh we can talk after that yeah nice <laughs> well it is, it is really fun to be a part of this community and to uh you know be on the on the front lines to watch all this happen and thank you for your tireless work i mean you've been going at this for what five six years now putting five six uh, years with we've, ix and we've come a long way yeah um you know i used to you know when i peak, speak publicly here in orlando or at a market and people were just curious about learning about orlando i put up this slide of here's where orlando was in terms of affinity groups and support organizations and co-working spaces, all the things that you need to make up a, a healthy ecosystem. And I'd show like, you know, the four logos of you know, what was here. And then you go and you look at, you know, five, six, seven years later and you see, you know, all of this activity. So we have come a long way. Yeah. Um, we just need to not be, uh, uh, what's the word, complacent with what we have. We need to yeah. continue to build and we just need some more support for that. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. You're still here. We're all trying to make it, you know, do the best with what we have. Yeah. I think uh, for everybody that's listening, we, we need to make sure, you know, we used to always say back in my music industry days to sell millions, tell millions. And, you know, we got to keep combating this, uh, you know, re uh, false reputation of Orlando being this tourist town you know yeah there's a lot of tourism here and everything and they pump a lot of valuable dollars into our community but uh there's so much more going on here and you know i think it was 
you know, I always say it's it's probably in the last four or five years that you've really started to sense this community pride. I've been coming here since my family moved here in 79, you know, and there were a lot of dirt roads still that are now major roads and thoroughfares. And, you know, even though, you know, Orlando's been growing, it was all people that ended up moving here for a job. You know, they were all immigrants to Orlando. And now you've got people that are proud of being in Orlando and want to stay here. And we need to we need everybody's help in evangelizing. And you've had people that have lived here. They moved away to a San Francisco or an and Austin came back. and came back. Yeah, exactly. So we just got to keep uh, that grassroots fire lit and uh, keep evangelizing and um, and doing everything we can to kind of uh, help put fire on the uh, uh, put gas on the fire of our community and kind of promote it and everything. So. David, thanks again for spending some time with me today. Carlos, thank you so much for your time and helping me put all this together and um, whatnot. Yeah, if anybody needs like a, a really uh, awesome audio sound designer, uh, let me know and I'll hook you up with Carlos because he is the man. So um, thanks everybody uh, who took the time to listen into the podcast and um you know, I think it's all been said up at this point. You know where to find me, um, robcoble.org. Uh, feel free to email me anytime. Uh, the email there is just rwcoble, C-O-B-L-E, at gmail.com. And um, watch for uh, a lot more to come here soon on the Orlando Game Space and some of the community efforts that we're going to be making um, and some of the fundraising that we're going to be doing so that we can make sure that we're providing a, a facility and an outlet, not just for recent graduates, but for our community to have kind of a one-stop shop on everything that's going on with interactive media. So thanks for listening. I hope to talk to you all soon and uh, talk to you later.